0: Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedoms Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why? You might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society, or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. You tell us what you want to tell us. So, yeah. your story according to you.
1: Sounds good. Yeah. So, um, okay. kind of, we chatted earlier yeah. uh, when we were talking about it. So, I've been. A cop just, just over two and a half years, or just under two and a half years. Yeah. And before that, I was a peace officer for HS for just under yeah. two. Um, yeah, policing, definitely not as uh, not as many things that I thought would traumatize me. It was a yeah. lot more at the hospital. Really, Hey. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it was just, like, you see so many more dead people, right? Like, you know, I, I see I a guess. dead body every now and again, or I see someone with, like, their guts hanging out every yeah. now and again now. But I was at Foothills for just under a year um so obviously trauma bay like ton of ton of guys come in and like they're bleeding and they're trying to staple them up and Mm -hmm. you're holding them down on the the table or whatever but first first thing that kind of got to me um i was pretty new i was probably four or five months in Mm -hmm. um and so i was working in lethbridge that was where i was was originally hired out of okay um
0: like lethbridge hospital yeah lethbridge
1: hospital so I was a casual peace officer there so just kind of fill in here and there but uh fella came in he was a young guy he was probably like 23 24 like mm-hmm. probably about my age at the time um something had happened like it was some kind of farm accident um it, he'd had like uh something had nicked like his heart his aorta something yeah. like that so they because lethbridge wasn't like a trauma center right foothills mm-hmm. is the only one for Cal- for southern alberta so oh they, really yeah yeah so like stars like i'm such a huge fan of stars because yeah. like the amount of people that have been saved by being able to get airlifted to a yeah. trauma center they they don't get enough credit for what they do no doubt but um
0: we'll add that link in there yeah right?
1: definitely just as an yeah. interesting aside actually you know the kids that went down the bobsled track few yeah. years back and the gates were up yeah so my old partner at foot he um because we'd have to meet the helicopter every mm-hmm. time it would come to foot and he was like the one kid i guess who later died he had like half oh. his face hanging off yeah. and he was just fighting them like crazy but yeah, yeah. some pretty gruesome stuff like a lot of people from motor vehicle collisions survived Purely due to stars, but yeah. So this guy, they brought him into Lethbridge, they had him stabilized, all that kind mm. of stuff. I think he was like Hutterite or or something like that, like yeah. super young. Had a wife. She was dressed kind of in that, mm. like more traditional clothing or whatever. So yeah. the way that our, I'll try and describe this with my words for <laughs> people not in this room. <laughs> um The way that Use your it was,
0: word John. That's right. Yeah.
1: The way that it was <laughs> set up in in Lethbridge is we had a psych holding area and it had two cells in it, mm-hmm. and so the way that we ran the site was one piece officer stayed there for six hours of the shift and yeah. you get replaced after six hours by the other guy. But if you had psych inmates, you were there, like mm-hmm. you couldn't, you couldn't leave your little like eight by 10 holding area. Yeah. So I was there, and then like immediately next to me is, is this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm hanging out or whatever, like, you know, surfing Google on the computer and hoping my boss doesn't walk by. And yeah. my psych patients are in the room and they're all locked up. And and then this guy, um, he starts just crashing. So, like, the doctors come in, like, whatever Lethbridge had in mm-hmm. terms of a trauma team comes in. They're trying to stabilize him, trying to stabilize him. And I'm just, like, kind of on the periphery, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, kind of doing crowd control or whatever. But as he dies, we lock eyes. So, like, the last moment he was alive, mm-hmm. like, I had that, like, window into his soul or whatever. I saw oh. the life, like, leave his body, that kind of thing. Oh. And so, I saw his eyes go from, like, yours or mine to just, like, unfocused, kind of gray almost. Yeah. And then I was obviously was a big thing. Like the the doctors and the nurses, obviously were. um, The one doctor broke down and cried like right outside of the my psych area, and then his wife and his mom and I think a couple other people were there. And so I sat there for the next two hours and and listened to them like just wailing and screaming Mm -hmm. and crying. So that was something. Didn't really affect me at the time. Like I was kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. Like it's stuff I was going to experience or whatever. But Mm -hmm. uh, last fall. Like it would, it would kind of come back to me every so often, but it was like oh, nothing major. But yeah. last fall, I went to uh, I like, I worked downtown, so a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of overdoses, right? So I went to an overdose call, and there's a guy who looked exactly like this dude. Holy shit. Um, and he was like, he was circling the drain, but of course he lived because yeah. a lot of the overdoses downtown seemed to. But it just it's like, because y'all were trained and you quit. Yeah, so. definitely. And EMS was right there. Yeah. So that was, that was good. But yeah, it just like, brought me immediately back to that like Mm -hmm. he looks exactly like this guy and it was like i was it was like i was there yesterday or whatever so yeah it was kind of one of those things like i was definitely definitely off for a few days but um the one thing that i did that was good um like when we're going through training Mm -hmm. you know they they had like the 10 hours of like road to mental readiness or whatever so you kind of they um and they suggest like hey you know what like you get psych services paid for not Mm -hmm. a bad idea to like go talk to a guy and kind of kind of get that stuff going so Mm -hmm. I I had done like I had a psychiatrist that I like checked in with you know Mm -hmm. once every five six months kind of as needed so it was good I already had that relationship established so it wasn't like I was Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with like a new person and having to like spill some of the deepest darkest corners of my mind Mm -hmm. so we ended up chatting about it for a while and it was it was interesting right because obviously before it would come to me Mm -hmm. um and and whatever but now it was coming a lot more and I was like seeing it every time I shut my eyes mm. and like he phrased it in an interesting way that sort of worked for me that yeah it's obviously traumatic or whatever mm. and, and like all the other sensory stuff like I could when I went to that overdose and kind of started all mm. coming back like I could hear his wife crying like mm. Thursday all that kind of stuff um, but he's like you he shared a very intimate moment with him probably mm-hmm. one of the most intimate moments of his life and you remember him you yeah. remembered him like four four ish years later so it's kind of a cool thing, right? I mean, it's kind of like Locard's principle. When you uh, mm. enter a room, you leave something and you take something from the room. Mm. And it's kind of like that with relationships, right? Any, yeah. any relationship you have, however brief, or in my case, however intense and brief, mm. I got to keep a little bit of him, keep a little bit of him alive. And so not yeah. only his family, friends, and the doctors, but years later, I remember him and I'm talking about him. And So mm. it's kind of interesting. And, and like i said it was it was good that i had someone to talk to about that and it was kind of my my first experience with uh kind of having all this stuff go through my head and kind of kind of like come back up and stuff that was years ago that i thought oh it's you know not a big deal or whatever wow
0: so when you were with ahs did they what did they do did they they, they didn't breathe did anything
1: no like we would occasionally on like because we like i fought way more when i was a peace officer like we'd have two three yeah. good scraps a week like occasionally if we had the time
0: i think every tier you go down in law like law oh, enforcement yeah. like from peace officer then you go to like loss prevention officer oh, or totally. security guard right? Yeah. and then it's like the more the the the, the different tier you're on i don't want to say lower but it's just a different tier. oh definitely
1: you get less respect and like more with, fighting less yeah. respect. and with right? ours too it was just like the perfect storm right because yeah. this guy's Having like drug induced psychosis, so you throw him in mm. a room with no stimulation for like four days, yeah. and he's away from his drugs, and now he's in withdrawal, and he thinks he's like Muhammad reincarnated, yeah. and you're the only thing standing between him and escape. So yeah. it's just kind of kind of one of those things, right? But oh, yeah,
0: man. yeah, between a person and their escape, that's never where you oh, want to be, definitely. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, like the odd time, like it, I know a few times at foothills, there was a people would jump off the parkades the odd time, or oh, like geez. when I right when I started with the police, like a month later, my Mm. old team, they were working and some dude drove right up to the front of the emergency doors, took a rifle, blew his brains out in his car. Um, So usually they debrief for that kind of thing, but it wasn't like CPS is much better for it. Like you can call psych services and they're like, okay, like uh, yeah, like the guy I go to, they're like, okay we paid for your next Mm -hmm. five sessions. Like use them, use them whenever Mm -hmm. you need kind of thing. Um, I'm lucky too that my folks were Mounties. Oh, so I could always, I can always talk to them about stuff and it's not like, you know, they were, I'm going to rip on my brother for a second, but not like they were accountants or something like that. And they
0: they don't really, (laughs) don't really understand
1: what. Always one
0: brother is an accountant. Oh, totally.
1: That being said, I can't rip on him too much (laughs) because I I tried to do my own taxes once and I got reassessed and he he fixed it and made it go away. So I, I have to like. Walk a very fine line with that. We need accountants too. Exactly. We yeah. Absolutely. Very do. important because apparently I can't file my own taxes. Yeah, so me yeah, absolutely.
0: Totally. I tried to have Darcy to do it and that's that. that's because I don't know who an accountant is and who isn't. So oh, totally yeah. I give my taxes to Darcy and he's like, What the are these? <laughs> that's the same thing my brother says to me
1: yeah <laughs> and then like for two months it's like okay i mean give me your t4 like yeah. i've asked you for that like 17 fucking times like yeah i don't know what i don't know what that is
0: <laughs> so they didn't they didn't give you a debriefing in with ahs there yeah so then for the last few years you've just been carrying this stuff around pretty much basically yeah. until it came up again
1: yeah and it was just kind of one of those perfect storm kind of situations because like i said like we would see people die all the time yeah. or like like, I probably, because we'd have to, like, take bodies to the morgue, release bodies to the morgue. So, mm. I'd probably, like, seen, like, several hundred dead bodies. Um, especially at Foothills. Like, it'd be, like, mm. four and four out a day kind of thing. Oh, jeez. But, um, yeah. So, like, usually it's not that that mm-hmm. big of a thing. But for me, just in that situation, just where I was, it was kind of the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, obviously the other thing, too, is I was casual. And I would kind mm-hmm. of, like, filter among the team. So, it wasn't, yeah. like, you know, now... I have a partner that I've worked with for a year and I'm very comfortable yeah. with. So, you know, if there was a lot of, it wasn't like I had someone there that I could be like, hey, like this happened and
0: it like kind of messed me up. Yeah. And so there wasn't even someone there that could like notice because they knew you well enough. Yeah. Like having exactly. a partner, you you get to know them. So you're yeah. obviously your partner would be like, oh, dude, like I don't know, like what's up with Sean.
1: Totally. Well, actually it was funny because that, that day we went to that overdose and I was kind of quiet the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So I called him that night and I'm like, hey, I wasn't pissed at you like this is why i was quiet and i like mm-hmm. kind of told him the coles notes the story and he's like oh, okay yeah i, I kind of thought something was yeah. up with you or whatever because yeah but it's you got to get that level of comfortability mm-hmm. with people right and with some people like they just can't have those deep conversations so
0: yeah and they don't want to yeah exactly they
1: want to exist on the like stable (laughs) non-emotional level or whatever so
0: and we don't want to like force people onto that other level because once they get there they're not equipped oh totally like if if someone tells me okay dude i don't want like my last sponsor said something like okay we're not talking about x y and z yeah totally and i said that's fair because i don't really want to talk to you about it either yeah but also he's not equipped oh for sure I mean, he wouldn't have any idea what to ask or... Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find out, like, how important is it to you now to, like, do you do a specific thing to kind of help continually heal from that? Because that is, a, like, an intense moment, Yeah, right? definitely.
1: It's just, it's one of those things where, like, anytime it comes into my mind now, like, before it was, like, like basically, like, hitting myself on the forehead, like, stop, yeah. stop, fucking stop. Yeah. Now it's, like, okay, like, I let it come mm-hmm. and like let it kind of like kind of wash over like it's -hmm. gonna happen all right like we're revisiting this again yeah and i kind of look at it almost in that like like my uh my shrink kind of helped me like change my mindset and that's Mm -hmm. almost thankful it's like you know what yeah i'm remembering this guy it's like i don't know like my old dog that we had to put down you know Mm -hmm. occasionally you'll see like Mm -hmm. i'll see a brown border calling it reminds me of him yeah you think about the good, the good stuff, not the bad. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I'm remembering this guy. Yeah. And you know what? That's cool. Like he's, uh, I, I remember him years after the fact and Mm -hmm. we shared this moment and it's not like, oh God, all right, now I'm seeing this and it's reminding me of this. And now, like I see him everywhere I go and I'm hearing Mm -hmm. his wife, in my head. And so I found that rather than trying to fight it, just kind of accepting that it's happening. Yeah. It doesn't come as often or as intensely and yeah, it still comes. It it yeah. has come since then, but it's it hasn't been this major thing where I'm just like a prisoner in my own mind and I can't man, like man. shut off the
0: TV kind of thing. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. And so how do you – what do you do now? Because obviously when – I don't want to like word this – incorrectly yeah so i might be incorrect in the wording of this but no all good man like like sometimes when we get um that kind of brain jolt right like mm-hmm. from a big a big event like that yeah, to totally. make eye contact with this person who's dying yeah basically their last breath you're mm-hmm. kind of there for that and yeah. not just in the room but like i i think like psychically connected when we i die each other oh, right? yeah. like i just you kind of feel that something totally. changes right yeah so do you like does that threaten to get you like on a day to day basis or like, like like when you're doing work for CPS, mm-hmm. obviously you could easily be re-traumatized. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. so how do you how do you cope with that?
1: You know what? It's um just kind of one of those things like I've that's really like one of two things I've had in the almost five years I've been doing mm-hmm. like policing or something like it. Yeah. Um so I'm sure there'll be more down the road. Mm-hmm. Um there may not be, but you know, I'm kind of a shit magnet. So likely there will be, <laughs> um, good, yeah. yeah, definitely. And and just kind of the, especially if you're a shit magnet. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I'm, I'm downtown and mm-hmm. I'm going to be in patrol for at least four years, probably, yeah. uh, beyond this. So it'll happen again for mm-hmm. sure. But, um, I'm, I'm a little more confident now in like my ability to deal with it. And, yeah. and like, you know what, if I have something similar to this and it, it really messes me up again, mm-hmm like okay i'll you know i'll try the strategies that i tried for this one mm-hmm. um and if that doesn't work then you know what i've got an awesome shrink that like yeah. he's super good if i'm like hey like i need to meet up this week he'll be mm-hmm. like yeah how about like tomorrow at three yeah and we'll do it because i think it's almost like getting an infection like mm-hmm. if you uh, if you let it sit then you get sepsis and mm-hmm. gangrene and all that kind of stuff yeah. whereas if you like deal with it get the antibiotics and yeah all that kind of stuff then You can kinda get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. So I think with a lot of people and you know, people in my job now, people my job before, like they definitely saw or have seen things that really fucked them up. And maybe they didn't deal with it appropriately, like there's always the joke about like you know alcoholic cops and that's a coping mechanism (laughs) right yeah um well a lot of some people just like it but for some people it's it's a coping mechanism well it's a
0: cliche for a reason
1: oh totally yeah exactly well it's (laughs) funny my dad told me a story once about because we have awesome pensions right so Mm. the whole idea was you know you started policing at like 21 did your 25 years got this sweet pension no one else had yeah retired at 46 and then, you know, collect two paychecks and the stress of the job killed you and you had a heart attack at 47. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, like there's definitely some truth to it. Even yeah. now, even yeah. though like I'd like to think we're a little more enlightened than the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. when that was a thing, but I um I don't know, I think there's a lot to be said for like getting ahead of it mm-hmm. and, and for me it was like changing my mindset about the whole thing. Yeah. And, how how so? Um I just found that like rather like i said like rather than trying to fight it mm-hmm. um like looking is like yeah you know what like we shared a super intimate moment and mm-hmm. i'm gonna remember this guy for the rest of my days yeah um so that's that's something it's kind of like they say like you uh you die twice right yeah. first time when uh when you physically die and the second time when the last person uh when you're forgotten by everyone right mm-hmm. so this uh i keep a little bit of this guy with me and yeah don't know his name but I I still pretty cool oh totally but yeah. yeah and you know what I think it's not such a bad thing right and mm-hmm. it'll for sure happen to me again but mm-hmm. it's maybe even like um almost like a flooding response right I've had it happen once before so I'm like yeah. oh, okay I've seen this before I know this is happening mm-hmm. so how can I change my perception of it
0: yeah yeah so just kind of letting it happen instead of putting some judgment on it right yeah like, exactly try not to say things like um Oh, I should be better than this now. Definitely. Or, and
1: yeah, you've actually like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head because mm-hmm. my inner voice is a real dick sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man, like you can get through this kind of thing. And it's yeah. kind of shutting that inner voice up a little yeah. bit and just being like, hey, like, you know what? This is okay. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly normal.
0: It's- Our inner voices are dicks, oh, oh, they sure day. are. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. I
1: overthink like crazy and my yeah. inner voice is such a such a dick. But
0: yeah. <laughs> no yeah. doubt, man. Yeah. So like one of the things that I, I'm probably gonna get like. Somebody's probably going to get mad at me for this because eventually it might be a thing and then they'll be like tracing it back to date. Oh yeah. But I like every time I, I hear about traffic fatalities, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things, maybe that's why I'm talking about it because I just hope somebody hears it and they fucking change it because I have friends who are in the traffic unit. Yeah. Right. And you know this as well because mm-hmm. no matter what unit you're in, you're going to be dealing with traffic fatalities. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And to my knowledge, they had, they do not have like a, the same debrief mm-hmm. for a traffic fatality yeah. than you would for a shooting, obviously, oh, totally. right? Yeah. So, like in your experience, have you ever been to a traffic fatality?
1: You know what? I haven't been to haven't been to a fatal. I've just yeah. seen I've just seen the other end at the yes, hospital. But the hospital. so far, so far in police, I yeah. haven't been to a fatal collision.
0: I, I'm glad that you haven't. Yeah. Um. But I was going to ask if there was some sort of because I just keep forgetting to ask my friend if it's if it's still. Kind of the same, mm-hmm. where they'll ask if if anybody needs anything. Yeah, but then of course most cops say it's the macho no, thing to say right? no. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. most even like whoever it is, they say no. We yeah. don't need anything, right? absolutely, unless they maybe know somebody or whatever. But yeah, like if they're not already connected to psych services like mm-hmm. yourself, they wouldn't yeah. know. Necessarily,
1: oh, definitely right, and they may not want to ask for help.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, like, what do you think if if there was a way to in a perfect world based on what you've learned yeah. um like because basically what you've experienced is post-traumatic stress right yeah. like that's definitely and that's basic that's what it is yeah so having experienced that what would you think would be something that might help for those people who regularly deal with traffic fatalities
1: you know what like uh, like in a perfect world anyway um mm-hmm. like you're saying like the debrief's good but mm-hmm. again that's kind of the thing you get 10 cops in a room and everyone's going to want to act macho or at least most people are yeah and
0: and most policemen don't ask questions so yeah. like, if they're all if you're all in a room together i'm, I'm kind of amazed that well i'm not really amazed because it makes sense but yeah does anyone have anything else and everyone's like nope
1: oh totally <laughs> oh exactly right yeah well and, and so many people like I don't really give a shit what other people think of me. And, and, yeah. but a lot of people do. And so they're mm-hmm. scared to like put themselves out there that mm-hmm. much. Um, I almost think like, like I know for our use of force process, like yeah. if you have like X number of use of force, like usage of force mm-hmm. in like whatever this period is, then like, I think it's the blue team starts looking at you and mm-hmm. being like, okay, he's used, he's like documented a use of force, like say six times in mm-hmm. six months. Do you, does he need like a week off does he need like mm-hmm. a week at the front counter like that kind of thing or like yeah. should we connect him with psych services yeah. i almost think it should be viewed as that because you're right like That's it's
0: a good good, good yeah. way to like kind of model it yeah right?
1: definitely at least like okay you've been to like 10 fatals mm-hmm. and you know you've seen like mm-hmm. um yeah you've seen like decapitated heads and like people without arms Seriously, running around man? and stuff it's like all right you've been to 10 of these like yeah. we're gonna make you go to psych services at least try it out but I guess that's a tough thing too because if you force it's, someone to do it, then they just sit their arms crossed and exactly. like, no, I'm good, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I but somewhere between forcing and just kind of like greasing the path or something. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like something that is palatable for most officers, yeah, like sure. male or female, right? Oh, Like definitely. just something palatable so that – because honestly, whenever I hear there's a traffic fatality because I've seen so many pictures and yeah. stuff like that and talked about it so much – I get like chills. Oh, totally. So I, and I've, and I've still haven't shown up on the scene. Yeah. So, um, and I, I don't know, I just, I hope something Absolutely. shifts, right? Like, yeah,
1: you're right. And like for those ones too, it's more diff. at least from my own perspective, and I might get in shit for saying this, but mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost much less palatable from that perspective. Cause mm. like the, I don't know, the impaired driver in a big jacked up truck smashes into like a Honda Civic with a family that was going to like the pool or something like they're dead they're all innocent whereas like a lot of the shootings we go to really like it's a it's a product of the choices that they made in life like Mm -hmm. the victim the offender and all that kind of stuff they they weren't good people to begin with but Mm -hmm. the this family in the honda civic that's now dead they Mm -hmm. like were doing everything right they're wearing their seatbelts. they stopped at the red light but this dude was uh just blasted out of his mind and slammed into them and killed them right so that's that's a lot tougher, I think, to digest.
0: That's what that's what I'm thinking, right? I'm yeah. thinking that 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 just the simple, and I know that, like, look, I don't want anyone to die. Yeah. But Like the truth of the matter is, there's my brain's going to have a harder time making sense out of Johnny and Jane lunch pail with their two kids yeah. in the back of the car, right? Totally. Like I'm, my brain's going to be like, that's not supposed to happen. Oh, absolutely. So that added thing in there, why? I mean, I think it makes sense that we would have some people. Um, willing to address that yeah right like definitely. even if, even if it's psych services comes out they get a call they go on call or something like mm-hmm. that and they have like the ability to come to a fatality yeah because like when you're talking about like having severed heads and like the way bodies interact with crashes oh like, yeah it's fucking disturbing i pardon my language oh, but totally man it's yeah. it's very disturbing yeah you know like and i haven't heard anything about shootings that go that disturbing definitely right
1: yeah like, the only thing I could, that would come to mind would be, like, the the Brentwood Five, right? The like, Brentwood like Five. Like, that's definitely... A, of course. Like, a very, very, um, you know, uncommon occurrence, right? But, yeah, you're right. Most of our shootings, it's like, yeah, they were both gangbangers and mm-hmm. they shot each other. Okay. Like, what's going to happen? Exactly, yeah. right?
0: And then I think it's easier for, for... You could correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems like it would be easier for members to kind of compartmentalize that stuff. Oh, definitely. Right? Yeah because like, because I mean no I mean even if you just simply look at it logically, mm-hmm. drug dealers and gangbangers should potentially kill each other. Oh, definitely. Like really, just logical. Right? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's why. Like, I I don't really care about drug stuff, but mm-hmm. I like doing domestics because you find you mm-hmm. get real victims in domestics. Yeah. Whereas like street level drugs, it's like it's bad people
0: selling to bad people. Mm-hmm. Or people <laughs> making bad choices, but yeah. they're making them in an in an arena where we're 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 willing to. Accept those bad choices. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas with the domestics, we're just not willing to let, like, as humans, right? Yeah. We're, we're gonna want to not allow for that "quote unquote" innocent victim. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I man, I just think it's, I think it's crazy because Absolutely. I think that, and I know that your the service is changing. And mm-hmm. I believe it's because of young officers like yourself, younger officers who are not necessarily willing to just do the same stuff anymore, definitely like do you feel that do you feel like a a drive to um either be the same as the old guard or to try to do something different
1: it's yeah that's actually a really good question um like i'm kind of in a unique position because i was lucky enough for my entire life to Mm -hmm. see my parents also be cops yeah and uh and kind of see it through that lens and there's definitely things that the older guys do that i think is Mm -hmm. good but yeah, yeah, in terms of like, um, you know, I think that having the tough guy mentality, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like your emotional survivability, yeah, not a great thing to do. Like my goal at the end of 25 years when I leave is, to, you know, to have kept as much of myself as I can. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, um, I think if you're just like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm tough. And then you, yeah. however you choose, like you drink yourself mm-hmm. to sleep every night or you, yeah take a bunch of like like I'm terrified of taking like antipsychotic meds like I'm going get so bad I get to that and just be a zombie and not feeling mm-hmm. anything right or you're just a complete asshole. Yeah. Um because you manifest your inner trauma through anger. So mm-hmm. like there's definitely definitely a lot of what I like from what I see from the older guys. And mm-hmm. and yeah, I think like I'm a big I'm a big student of history and I think, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot for us to learn from who uh um those that came before how they did yeah. things and i don't think necessarily innovation is always the best thing to do but i think in terms of this not a bad thing to to seek mm-hmm. out like okay we're still behaving like it's the 1950s yeah. you know and uh, everyone's tough and stiff upper lip and that kind of thing but like mm-hmm. we see some shit so is there a better way to be going about this mm-hmm.
0: so do you think that like the majority so you're you're on the job for two and a half years yeah now. So the majority of like your classmates and say classes just before and just after you, Mm -hmm. like, do you see that as being a trend amongst you guys? Like,
1: yeah, I think we're more willing to talk about stuff. Like I know, um, it's actually funny. One of my, one of my really good friends, uh, from classes, he works Mm -hmm. down in eight and like, we're very similar guys. Like we're pretty emotional, like kind of hard on our sleeves kind of thing. Yeah. So like him and I will talk about things. Like he had a, he had a pretty rough call a while back where Mm -hmm. this guy ended up they couldn't find the guy. They had very limited information through mm-hmm. no fault of his own. Couldn't find the guy in time. He ended up killing himself up by oh, Brad Creek. I'm sorry and, to hear that. Oh, yeah. And it it definitely messed him up. Like For it's sure. and it's understandable. It's the ones you don't save, right? Yeah. Um, and like we'll talk about that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I've shared some of my own things with him. And it's just good to find that kind of sounding board, right? Because he yeah. he knows where I'm coming from because he has a very similar temperament, and mm-hmm. as do I with him. Um but even even like some of my other close friends, like we're, we're good at being able to like, hey, like, yeah, this happened, like this really mm-hmm. messed me up and, and we can kind of talk about it with no judgment or whatever. And, yeah. and like I know stories that um, my folks told me, especially like back in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. when they were doing reserve policing, like that was mm-hmm. extremely uncommon and yeah. especially for like the more senior guys never talk about it but mm. you see all of these like some guys yeah they just skated through and like it didn't mm-hmm. affect them i mean five percent of the population sociopaths anyway right yeah. so maybe they're in there but oh, uh man.
0: i forgot about that yeah
1: and it's probably <laughs> it's it's likely higher in policing i'd imagine but uh yeah but yeah <laughs> <laughs> probably just for the people it selects but yeah. uh but yeah like some of them could skate through perfectly fine mm. some of them you'd see like oh, okay you really like booze hey eh? mm. or like yeah you can't keep a marriage together hey this is your sixth crack at it And it's mm-hmm. like is there you know something underlying this or yeah. these just symptoms of a problem but yeah yeah like i said i think a lot more people have kind of my um perspective of that like yeah you know what it's it's a good job and it's an important job to do and mm-hmm. i do it because i want to help people but at the end of my 25 years i don't want to be a shell of who i was when i started
0: that see that's an interesting point i think that like that's something that I think um, is that – so lots of older police people or historically speaking, um, lots of members only live for the job. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to articulate this where they don't have hobbies. They Mm -hmm. don't have – like you said, they don't keep a piece of themselves to get to that end. Definitely. Now, do you find that your your classes are – like more and more people have – a variety of interests as opposed to just wanting to be a cop
1: yeah you know what i think that's it's actually a really good question something thought about it, it a lot.
0: crosses my mind all the time yeah when i'm hanging around definitely right?
1: there there is like one guy on my team that uh i think if he took away being a cop mm-hmm. he wouldn't have very much identity left mm. um and like it's it's something i've chatted about with a few people on the team and hopefully he can kind of change that because mm. like he'll just go on these like big peaks and valleys of like you know just busting his ass the whole time and like we're the only thing protecting society from anarchy and like yeah. okay man <laughs> calm down and then burn out yeah. and he gets like super angry and like super mm-hmm. super kind of just like overworked yeah. um I've, I've seen people like that in in like my cohort but mm-hmm. i think a lot more people are like yeah like i actually had this conversation with my friend the other week because mm-hmm. um like when i first started the hospital when i put on the uniform i was the same guy As I was when the uniform came off Mm -hmm. and just the way that I am, like stuff's going to fuck me up because Mm -hmm. I'm really emotional and I can't just be, I can't just be like that kind of person that, you know, water off a duck's back. Mm -hmm. So after about a year of like, just being like, oh God, like I can't handle this. Yeah. When I put my uniform on, I'm a different Mm Sean. And when I take my uniform off, I'm the normal Mm Sean. And, and I, I find that that's my way to kind of get through. Yeah because um yeah like we we definitely see some stuff and so i think it's a lot better to uh kind of almost mm-hmm. have that that uh suit of armor yeah over over the real you and then you get to keep more of it i think a lot more people are like that mm-hmm. like it's interesting there's some people that they look at me and they're like what like you do that like mm-hmm. i i don't do that and i'm like Yep, yeah, i thought that way too until mm-hmm. i saw something i wasn't i can never forget now mm-hmm. and then i had to change it yeah um but a lot of people are like yeah that's exactly what i do and Mm -hmm. like even my good friends that i see them outside of work and Mm -hmm. yeah they're different people as am i and i think it's i think it's a healthy thing to do and like i said i think it works for someone to be the exact same person uniform is out until it doesn't and then
0: (laughs) exactly until you figure out something you've got to do to like mediate that like personality switch right oh exactly yeah yeah like i was a special constable with transit for like two oh, okay. years. yeah and the uniform always felt awful to yeah me. like it just felt like it would itch like i just think oh, about totally. putting it on and i'd be that, like oh that like polyester, polyester. Yeah, yeah dude like the and then i'd have the uniform on and i wouldn't think like i didn't stick with her long enough because i just yeah. knew it wasn't for me right fair enough yeah but that that's not me in the uniform like mm-hmm. i didn't know how to be me in the uniform totally right because the me that I am was is not really the guy that cares about rules, really. Yeah, like totally. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't have a ticket? Who gives a shit? Like, oh, seriously? for sure. Like, go buy a ticket or whatever. totally. Yeah. But I couldn't do that. It was weird because I I wasn't able to to separate those things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably a very healthy and helpful tool. Definitely. Right. Yeah. To be able to have a different Sean when you're in uniform. Totally.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it definitely surprises me that there's people of my generation mm-hmm. that don't do that. And and like I said, I'm like like all the people that have my level of service. I'm like, hey, like I did something similar to this for two years before. Mm-hmm. Here's why I separate when I'm at work. But yeah. like, you know what? I could talk till I'm blue in the face, but you're not going to realize this until mm-hmm. until you get that hard lesson. So, yeah. just keep on doing what you're doing and eventually you'll figure it out kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, now I can actually tell jokes when I'm in my suit because the only time I wear my suit now is for funerals. Oh, yeah. So oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, there's like this whole transition of trying not to be too weird yeah because i'm doing funerals but i can't help it like i'm weird. totally like, you know
1: my uh <laughs> like i have like a really like awkward sarcastic sense of humor mm-hmm. and that still like bleeds out when i'm when yeah. i'm working because you got to humanize yourself too you right
0: totally but, do yeah. yeah but that's the thing with your guys's job though the the humanizing factor there's a very re- reasonable explanation as to why police officers aren't humanized right? yeah absolutely there's, like lots of probably some biological some sociological and some psychological maybe even some metaphysical reasons yeah, why there's definitely. a separation there but like mostly because when you guys are working like you can't you don't have a whole lot of time to be human yeah right? absolutely like and and so as a as an observer which I am mm-hmm. right? not a not a member and and definitely not a police officer because there's way too much stuff that you folks do that I'd be like I'm out. I'm okay, that's out. All I'm good. I, doing it. I
1: method acts four days a week as a cop. <laughs> <Yeah>. so
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it though, right? Yeah. Like I I wouldn't want nothing to do with that. But as an observer, I could see how dangerous it would be to be human, mm-hmm. right? To yeah. be as human as I am. Yeah. There. So like um, to not have that buffer. Definitely. You know, like I I mean, I don't know that you'd even make it through a chef. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's interesting you say that too because – something my partner and i have talked about a lot is like it's almost like the societal um i guess expectations of police mm-hmm. like oh yeah you know they expect like like we see on crime shows like oh this guy stole my phone like you guys can triangulate the signal and you'll find him and you'll take it for us and it's like i i don't think you realize how wrong you are and like how hard that is yeah exactly <laughs> like and how we can't do that without like 17 warrants mm-hmm. but it's like yeah like <laughs> they expect us to be like oh like my actually my mom said this to me once when i was a kid she's like yeah when people are like oh i have a problem i'm not equipped to solve it should i call fire no they can't help me should i call ambulance no they can't i'll call the cops they'll figure out my problem for me and mm. like that's like the majority of what we do right is just yeah. like adulting for people that have forgotten how to adult but 100 percent, people see us come and we got all the like all the shit on our waist and we're all wearing mechanisms for adulting yeah exactly and we got our body <laughs> armor on and they're like oh yeah. man like this guy's like he can solve all my problems and it's like no man I'm just some like I ran it I was looking for uh some homeless lady was like screaming and yelling and carrying Mm -hmm. on by the james short parkade and I was working one man on a night shift so I went over and I went to go find her couldn't find her but there was this other homeless guy and he's like I turn around the corner he's like hey fuck off and I'm like hey man and then I like walk in the light and I'm wearing like my whole monkey suit and he's Mm -hmm. like oh sorry I thought you were just some guy and I'm like I am, some, I am just some guy. And he's like, no, but I thought you were just, like, a dude. I'm like, I am just a dude. Yeah. But, like, society doesn't see us like that. Mm. They see us as, like, I don't know, Robocop or, like, Law and Order or whatever. This
0: was a nice one and he apologized.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, if I was a normal person, he would have been like, fuck off and, like, started throwing stuff at me. But
0: totally. Just because I had the uniform, it got me. <laughs> yeah, you got, like, special treatment. Yeah, exactly. That is too funny, man. Totally. But it's true. Like, people just don't – it's hard to – reconcile that i think right oh definitely because we want you guys to be i think we oftentimes just we get carried away with our expectations
1: absolutely yeah you know, and you see it in the public all yeah. the time right like oh, yeah. every time it's like oh like the cops just shot him in the legs and it's like well have you ever had someone running at you with a knife like you're like so you got such tunnel vision you got to aim for the biggest thing and that's center mass that's so, right you yeah. like
0: if you have ever thought about it like think about trying to hit a stick Yeah. While it's moving. Oh, exactly. Right? Because, I mean, really, it becomes smaller as it moves. Definitely.
1: It's like we're we're not Navy SEALs. We're the same as you. We just have, like, a really scratchy uniform on. (laughs) (laughs) It's really
0: scratchy. Yeah, we're not Navy SEALs. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, like, trained snipers. Exactly. I mean, we hope that, you know, they are trained. Just so anyone out there wondering. Yeah, exactly. Like they they are.
1: Training the TAC unit does a lot of training.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the the officers get at least like one day in the range or something like that. Yeah, right? exactly. Before they get their guns. Exactly. No, it's after they get their guns and then they go to the range. <laughs> that That is exactly <laughs> how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot of training involved. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, dude, I, uh, what time are we at, man? Uh, 40 minutes. Why am why dude, why am I 40 minutes on the button? I'm oh, like, man. Last one, same thing. I'm like, oh, man. time? 40 minutes. Yeah.
1: Before I go, did you want to get into the ghost stories though? I, I want you about, to yeah. tell. Yeah, dude. I, right, yeah. I was
0: I was just gonna say like, tell me the stories you need to tell me.
1: Yeah, sounds yeah. good. I know we talked about ghost yeah, stories. And I, like I love ghost stories, so I'd love to get this out. So I've, I've got two. So does he? By the way,
0: oh, I don't know how James right. feels about him, but Darcy loves uh, ghost stories. You're gonna leave?
1: I don't, I'm not gonna scare <laughs> you. They're not scary ghost stories. So I got two two stories. So the first one. um, so I was working at Foothills. Was, yeah. These are both when I was a peace officer because hospitals, tons of dead people, right? Gonna tons be of ghosts. Gonna be ghosts. There. Gonna be oh, ghosts. Yeah. Actually, no, I've have, I've have three, but I'll save the third one for last. It's kind of all right. Cool. So I was working at Foot, and so that night, um, a lady, like a psych patient, had walked out of the psych unit, walked up to the top of like this.
0: Okay, a um, dog. Oh, no, a like, dog. Is all I'm right, coming from downstairs. Like, like
1: what? It's part is of my sound there? effects. Ooh, dude, what yeah. are you doing?
0: <laughs> 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 this got weird.
1: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so climbs up to the fourth level of the parkade mm. whole like talk down thing like some of the peace officers were involved police showed up mm-hmm. she ends up jumping head first kills herself on the oh, pavement like blood stain was still there so obviously the team was a little fucked up no, so a no. cu- couple of them went home so i went from foot to plc for the night just yeah. to fill in because they were we were always short at the hospital like yeah. at any given time at foot there's like five peace officers maybe um supposed to have eight. It's yeah. kind of like CPS, like 60% yeah. is the new 100%. Yeah. Um,
0: on paper, you're...
1: Exactly. Perfect. We have four people on paper that yeah. should be there. But uh, <laughs> that's another conversation. Yeah. Um, so I went to fill in with the team. And mm-hmm. so, you know, pretty normal night, PLC. Like, got into a few fights, like kind of normal mm-hmm. for that hospital. And then it was quiet around like 3 a.m. So yeah. um, myself and one of the paladin guards, we were like, oh, we'll go walk the parkade. Like, it's a nice summer night. Why not? So, we walk up to the fourth level and we keep hearing this like banging sound, but all the gates have been like secured and locked Mm -hmm. and like, oh, that's weird. Whatever. Like, probably the wind, but there wasn't wind. I was just trying to justify it to myself. So, as we're walking, we're walking to the corner of the parkade, uh, like right corner where she jumped off and I feel this like really cold thing. It's almost like like someone (laughs) took a bag of ice cubes and just like brushed them across my forearm, but all my forearms sticking up and it is like the middle of july it's like yeah. plus 15 like i'm not cold and i'm like like the guy beside me I'm like hey bryce like super weird but when we were like right by the spot where she jumped like i felt almost like this really cold thing grab my arm i'm like got all these goosebumps and he's like yeah me too Ooh. i'm like oh, it's a little different oh shit and yeah so it was kind of that was like the first one i had like so this is to prep for <sighs> So, the uh, the next one's at Foothills and like anyone who's ever worked at Foothills, unless they're like, don't believe in ghosts at all, like yeah. they'll they'll tell you about this. So, the Women's Health Center in the North Tower, like kind of mm-hmm. by where they're building the cancer center. Okay. So, the uh, North Tower used to be, it's like 12 stories or something. It used mm-hmm. to be dorms for like re- medical residents and nurses, mm-hmm. like back in the 60s and 70s. So, there was one female medical resident and she ended up committing suicide by jumping off the North Tower. But she jumped off on the west side. So she landed on the Women's Health Center, which is like a three-story building connected to it. Yep. And so Women's Health Center is just like day clinics and like obviously stuff like, like gyno clinics mm. and, and all that kind of stuff, classrooms. So it gets locked up at like, I think, 11 p.m. or something. And that was one of our jobs is as the building started shutting down for the night, we lock all the doors. So some poor sap, every, every, shift w- every night shift would get the Women's Health Center and like, almost everyone I worked with had a couple encounters in there and like some guys wouldn't go in there by themselves. Yeah. So the first time I'm going through locking the doors, I go up to the second floor where there's like 10 classrooms you have to lock and it's kind of like a big U shape. So you start at the one side, work your other, work the way around. Mm-hmm. And then you go downstairs on like the opposite side of the floor. So I lock the first door, just shut it very lightly. Other end of the hall, like the furthest doorway, I hear a slam and I'm like, oh, i did a science degree this is probably like pressure differentials mm-hmm. i'm like trying to like trying to like convince myself that it's not supernatural yeah. so i go to the second door shut the door lock it like quiet like not not slam it just shut mm-hmm. it normally another door slams down the hallway i'm like cool. oh man now i'm getting those chills up my spine oh yeah go to the third door or
0: i just got on mine
1: oh totally <laughs> go to the third door shut it Third door slams down the hallway. I'm like, fuck this. I'm out. I like run out, like didn't lock the
0: classrooms. (laughs) And then... Did you full on run? Oh, yeah, yeah. I sprinted out (laughs)
1: the first door I could. I wouldn't do. (laughs) Then the uh, second time I was going through, so like after like 4 p.m., there's no one in there. Mm -hmm. And like the exterior doors are locked. I don't know why they they made us lock the interior doors, but uh, it's part of the contract. So, you go in. So, I walk inside. I am... It is like 11.30 p.m. I'm Mm -hmm. the only person in this building. I hear footsteps on the second floor i'm like oh, okay and they start coming towards the staircase and then they just stop and then i hear like i hear like a very soft woman's voice from like mm-hmm. woman's washroom on the floor so i'm like big tough peace officer mm-hmm. go with flashlight look around there's no one in there so then i like go up to where the foot stop by the stairs there's no one there either yeah i'm like <laughs> Okay, so I actually like finished locking the doors. I dropped era. my keys off. Oh man, man I quit. <laughs> oh yeah, like it was, but the the worst one that I heard there, a friend of mine, he's moved out to Vancouver now. Um, mm-hmm. So he walked up, like there's a small set of stairs to get up the second floor, locked the classrooms. Yeah, And it's just like a straight hallway. Like you can see from the first door to like the sixth door, just mm-hmm. straight and nothing obstructing. Walks up to the top of the stairs and he sees a woman and keep in mind it's 11 30 at night and this Mm -hmm. building's been locked for like six hours a woman with like frizzy brown hair leaning on like a half door in the middle of the hallway just staring at him and he's like no one should be in here but me and there's no half door in that hallway and so he just fucking books it out and he never (laughs) locked those doors again the entire (laughs) time he worked there but yeah i wouldn't eat oh man yeah so he actually he actually met the ghost um which apparently yeah it was a medical resident that wow. committed suicide but and the third and final one much more lame but the very first place i before i was a peace officer i did a few months as a paladin security guard yeah so my very first job was for a month i did fire watch at there's like a long-term mental health um ward out in claire's home oh
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so like it was you're getting paid 15 bucks an hour and basically all you did was walk the entire site once an hour touch doorknobs make sure they weren't hot because mm-hmm. the fire system was going down but there was this like really creepy tunnel it was wow. uh it was kind of like an interstitial tunnel so it it was like basically two big buildings so the one building on the south side mm-hmm. you would do all that stuff go through this tunnel and then take it up to the building on the north side where like the security office was and the front mm-hmm. office and all that kind of stuff um and i kept having people for the first couple weeks tell me yeah like it's haunted like there's a ghost or whatever. And so I'd be walking this tunnel 12 times a day and like after they told me that I'm like that makes more sense because every time I'd be walking I'd feel like I'd feel like breath on the back of my neck and I'd hear footsteps oh, that weren't mine and okay. I'd like I'd feel like someone was watching me and I quit. oh man and there was like this the first day I was there like the 11th out of 12th fire watch that I did yeah. that day. I like rounded a corner ran into like a cleaning lady and she screamed and I was just like whoa. Oh. And she's like, oh, I thought you were the ghost. And I'm like, there's a ghost? <laughs> yeah. So, eventually, it would just like, after about two weeks, I would just be like sprinting down the tunnel yeah. to get to the other side. But yeah, it was just like, like you know when you can feel like someone's watching you and you turn around and there's no one there? Yeah. And it didn't help that it was like super dark and there's a ton of shadows or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like hospitals and hotels, yeah. ton of people die there and there's always... Oh, yeah. Always weird stuff hanging around.
0: But. Well, I've, I've, yeah, I've experienced way too much to not believe in it. Oh, totally. Now. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Like there's, there's energy or something.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. It just seems to be where, yeah, where people go to die, right? There's that like negative exactly. energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm a fan of hanging out at cemeteries and stuff. Oh yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I find them to be very peaceful, but it's also part and parcel. I do feel like there's stuff going on. Oh yeah. You know? Like, and I know I, I, I don't. I don't know what to believe in in terms of that stuff. All I know is what I felt, totally seen and heard. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. We're
1: never gonna know until we get there ourselves. Right? Exactly. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm not too worried about it because like if we can make it through this life. That's pretty good. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's just yeah. the next adventure. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, thank you, Sean. Hey, like, no I worries. Appreciate you coming on and happy to be on. Yeah, dude. Um. Oh my God. I like seriously, AHS. Like, get your shit together. Like oh, totally. Yeah. Do some debriefs with your people. Like, yeah. I had, just before we close it out, it just reminds me when you were talking about the fact that nobody ever talked to you about anything. Yeah. Because I was out there, I was there with a couple members from CPS. Mm -hmm. They were there to take somebody in for an evaluation and then take them back out. Um, But one of the paramedics like ran up to me and like gave me a hug and said like, can I talk to you? (laughs) Like they don't give us any. And she was like straight up. They don't give us anyone to talk to. Yeah. And, and I said, really? And I looked at the members that I was with and I said, do you mind if we if I talk to her for a few minutes? And yeah. they were like, for sure. Because they don't give them anybody. Oh, yeah. it's like, They have it the worst, I think, out of everybody, paramedics. Yeah. I would say as well. Like from what I understand, it's, it's pretty bad. Definitely. And nobody gives a shit to talk to them about yeah. this stuff. So I'd like to see that stuff change. But that's the same as with traffic unit, right? Oh, and totally. With any sort of fatality. I just I think we need to like talk to those people. Definitely. You know? Yeah. So anyway, man, thank you very Ain't much No worries. John. You're a good interviewer, man. Appreciate that. Oh, thanks, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you coming on and 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 telling us the stories, especially the ghost stories. Hey, no <laughs> worries. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Too but I didn't see anything, you know. But uh
0: I know. If you were the one who saw like the ghost leaning on the half door, oh, like man. I could picture it as soon yeah. as you said it, I'm like I would have crapped my, my pants, Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, I think Darcy did crap his own <laughs> <laughs> story. I was like, that's Mo. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. man. Hey, no worries. Right on. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wildrose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morgeau, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, Imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.